0: Hi, I'm Ksenia and I'm Anna and you're listening to CareerZilla, a podcast about careers and technologies. We talk to experts from different industries to uncover the latest trends in technologies that shape the future of work. If you want to learn something exciting about the world around you or looking for a next career step, this podcast is for you. And now let's start. Today we talk to Katya Briskina, who is an architect, artist, and computational designer. Katya combines digital fabrication and inspirations from biology to bring ecosystemic thought and aesthetics to the built environment. Welcome, Katya. We are very glad that you found some time to join us, and we are excited to learn more about science, art, and the intersection of both.
1: Hi, really nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Could you please explain us a little bit more what does it mean to be an artist with a strong focus on science art and what is your definition of art, science art and in general this very rapidly growing field where you are working?
1: I think it's like it's a very interesting one because uh, you can ask uh, quite a lot of questions about the future and speculate in one case about it and at the same time experiment with uh, technologies and actually do something new. That's why I'm so fascinated about it. Also, in particular, because I was trained as an architect and I still do like once in a while like projects um, in architecture. So, in art, is the same. I look in the future of space. And a built environment, so it's kind of very symbiotic um, of all like trainings that I have. I think as a field, it's it's true, it's growing. Even I'm sometimes don't like so much um, that it's kind of specified as a different science art. I think it's more if it's art, it's it has value, it has the kind of meaning, and then technologies um, more like a tool that can help you to look at the things in a particular angle or like relevant to the time
0: we live in. Cool. Could you probably briefly explain your background? Because you mentioned that you studied architecture. How? What was your educational background originally?
1: Yeah, yeah I'm like trained as an architect and um, I did ooh, six years in uh, St. Petersburg and I did two in uh, London in architecture associations. And um, I worked as an architect in Tel Aviv for quite quite a few years, and but I think it was always on one plate for me. I was uh, I had oh I was probably my first exhibitions I had in two thousand eight, and um, so I've been having exhibitions in parallel with architecture career, but when I decided to go to London, it's where I really found how to merge everything and how to kind of really not just get inspired by like biological systems, but actually start experimenting and using them in a computation and actual physical ex- experimentation. For example, in my Maselium project, uh, where I'm growing, Maselium is mushroom root, and I'm uh, growing in kind of installations, it's uh, working live incubators in the exhibition space. So it's actual experiment, how they adopt and mutate during the show or like change, but there are also like, I use it more as a design tool, for example, and um, I did a project with case uh, Innovation Lab, Space 10, where we actually were looking how people can grow, cast, can produce and fabricate furniture at home. So I think it's just that it's like different types of skills that you can uh, spin sometimes in more in an art project and sometimes more in an application. But still, I would say even the specter is different in terms of speculation. And between speculation and application, I would say that's kind of where I'm, I'm playing in and when like where I'm looking that it, it's a kind of has a root, but at the same time how far. We can take it. Was it difficult
0: for you to, let's say, find these connections uh, to life sciences? And mainly was it difficult to gain skills required to introduce it to your art projects?
1: Oh, yeah, that's a really good question, actually. I think it's actually like amazing thing about the trainings that I got. I studied like emergent technology and design. And when I came there, I thought like I was very formed in terms of like who I was in as an artist and who I was as an architect, because I was already leading like quite a big project at the time. But in, I would say in the two weeks, they completely broke my vision in terms of how you approach the project, how you're doing like uh, design research. And uh, I was kind of a journey. First of all, I didn't know at all how to code. From a very young age, I really liked logic. So uh, in everything and every task, I really liked to find what the logic about it. In the same time, in combination with the creativity. So I think, like yeah, gaining skills was very hard, very challenging. Kind of really pushing yourself out of the box and out of the comfort zone. While day by day, you kind of gain the knowledge and probably for. No, five, four, five years ago, we tried to do like a startup with um, also with uh, mausoleum materials and high volume fabrication. And uh, in the beginning with my friend, material scientist, I was always saying that we need somebody. We need to find somebody who will know how to grow mushrooms, like mycologist. And he was telling me like, there is no person like this. Just because there were, nobody got like training like this, they look uh, completely different things that uh, you want to approach. And it's true, like uh, I needed to learn it myself, kind of how to experiment, how to approach um, the organism, how can I take it further. Even after, now I work with uh, mycologists and we're in conversation, but still they quite surprised with, with which kind of set of questions usually like
0: coming. Actually, mycelium seems to be really a material of the future because there are quite some startups that are popping up where they try to use mycelium for fabrication, for example, of textile or leather-like products. So it seems really like a very interesting material that made also its way in architecture and fashion tech. How do you see overall these emerging technologies and emerging designs this crosstalk between essentially science and between scientists and artists or architects uh, as well yeah I do believe that it uh
1: could be a material of the future but also how much we uh, we can learn from it even I have a slightly different approach that most of people who work with it for example when I started like yeah it was 2017 um, four years ago and with startup we were looking into how we can approach it and not grow it into the mold, because most of them like use mold. And I do believe that you don't need to grow a brick if this material can grow in anything in the form. So maybe you can change a completely fabrication method approach, the vision. Uh, That's where we kind of started to look like in a different felt. So with high volume fabrication, we had a different approach. It's still like I can't uh, share it. But after this, I went into growing it more in in the air and a viewed like structures. And uh, when mycelium overtakes it and uh, creates a new patterns and generates very unique behavior, and uh, what's amazing here, that uh, first of all, in one case it's speculation, but because the name of the project is "Reform, Leading Mega Structures," so kind of an incubator in the gallery, you look into more like a fragment of this structure. At the same time, currently, we use our experiment to create a computational logic and uh, kind of see how it could be used in an urban environment, how it could be used in more like structure-based, and at the same time, how much does it change with every experiment. So I do believe that there are so many applications for this material and the amazing thing is that it can grow anywhere. It doesn't require too much energy, so it's quite sustainable. And at the same time, it also uses agricultural waste and we need more and more food because our population is growing so we have more and more agricultural waste and we need to create a different strategies how to use this agricultural waste and actually with Space then we also looked into it for the furniture because we were taking like agricultural waste and looking like into mausoleum as a binder but then we switched to different sustainable binders but how can we form the biocomposites and how we can create a logic for people to form it
0: I just wanted to add that Katya has an amazing Instagram, where also she presents a lot of her artworks. So if our listeners would like to have a look on it, please just follow her Instagram. We will add it in our notes. How do you see the future development of your projects? Do you see some forms of the practical application or they will stay purely artistic?
1: I think I enjoy both and that's why like um, that's kind of multiple things here Uh, because in one case I really enjoy very artistic vision um, and uh, partly unrelated to budget anything that's you just kind of can go and approach it. And uh, artistic practice is probably like the, one of the main focuses. At the same time, I I enjoy also like doing a very creative like design strategies and collaboration. The same like we had with Space Ten. Also, I like teaching uh, and spreading ideas. And particularly when I'm originally from Russia and that I bring uh, some ideas and teach here. And I think um I, I think ideally it's multidisciplinary studio. That's uh that's already like what I'm doing and I have quite a lot of collaborators uh, that I work with.
0: I would like still to come back to this discussion about emerging technology and and design since you were talking now about this multidisciplinary studio where people from very different professions and backgrounds come together to create, to co-create as well. What is the future of our living spaces? What is the future of architecture? How our living spaces, our cities, would look like, let's say, in 2015? It's actually interesting because usually
1: people name uh, 2015. I would say that, uh, of course, in my kind of vision, that we definitely need to shift much more towards our planet. And what I'm looking into in my project, it's interspecies collaboration into how can we co-create like co-design, co-live together in a much better way. And let's say in one case, we're bringing like technologies, robotics, because I'm also I work with robotics and robotic fabrication. So in one case, there are like new agents that operate in our space and could do like work, some work better, some work very differently. And the other case, we still need to re- like revisit uh, what went wrong, capitalistic current situation. And why do we abuse planet and resources? So uh, with growing, for example, mazillium, that's what's alternative sustainable vision. And if you can uh, recycle like different fibers for it. But at the same time, currently, you're not designing any more product because before you're asking, what is it? Okay, what are we making it from as the designers? But now you more kind of look into the, where the material is coming from is it sustainable with the past like which kind of what's the amount of energy it's used and then uh where is it going after how do we recycle it so that's kind of will be more like a process-based like it's a process-based design but that's what also forms a, a different future for us and which kind of which kind of materials we use for our like structures like environment anything and also how do we collaborate so it's kind of different layers of it and at the same time what do we do like do we grow our own food in the city like, how do we update our existing cities because we live in the concrete structures that were built like 100 years ago like 20 years ago but still like you update your phone Constantly, like how do you update uh, those structures? So it will be a hybrid of um, kind of a new layer of technological layer, um, natural layer. And it's kind of uh, that what we are developing in one case, revisiting past and thinking what was better with our relationship uh, with nature and how do we introduce
0: amazing new opportunities and layering this up that's very interesting and actually do you believe and do you think that overall the technology and nature or let's say technology and biotechnology biosciences they will be merged together also in this endeavor trying to create more Um, natural nature-like habitats for all of us because there are also quite some interesting technologies such as a bio concrete where essentially concrete is mixed with uh, bacteria and uh, once there is some tiny cracks in this con- concrete happening, these bacteria start uh, to metabolize and produce actually calcium CO3, which is essentially just help to repair these the small cracks. And in a way, we, we get a building that has some property of a living organism, at least in terms of self-repairing. This is definitely a feature, their feature of uh, the living organism. So do you think that our environment will become not only more livable, but a little bit more alive? Oh, of course. I think you brought
1: like a really good example uh, of like bioconcrete. And also, yeah, it's a kind of that uh, the structures will uh, repair themselves. It's a kind of an ideal situation. It's the same like we are extending our, our lifespan and our health. The same, the materials are getting more and more intelligent. And it's great. I think it's can to uh, make it's, uh, the quality of life much better because it definitely went uh, wrong at some point. It's time for us uh, to learn and kind of rethink it. But uh, what I said before, uh, yeah, it will go in all layers. Which kind of concrete you use, uh, and you ask which which kind of materials, but also which kind of function. How do you produce food? And this goes layer by layer. Better functions. I think the main shift is maybe not even not a shift from Anthropocene to like for example, but like for to and reason. What is our place in it? Like biovap because they uh, there are all organing, and before we really discharge them, just because we are, we commit. Communicate better, we can overtake planet, but at the same time, not uh, good for us. As a result, the quality of our like air, food, like everything.
0: Do you personally think that uh, science art projects, uh, science art installations, and the in general this uh, field can bring science closer to general public? make people more interested uh, in science and scientific advances and modern technologies.
1: I think uh, I'm at this point quite a few times that people look into art, uh, like science art, that it's uh, just to popularize science. But uh, I think, no, it's a completely, maybe not completely, but it's a different set of questions. Because I would say as a scientist, you ask, like, uh, you you have to be very creative to develop your project, to kind of have an inspiration where you go with that, uh, but also, like, which kind of problems you solve. With art, you... You know, ask questions like how will we feel about it, living, uh, for example, for me, like in my project, how are we going to feel to live in this kind of future? Or how are we going to interact? Artists, I would say, research different types of questions, but it's extremely important because, for example, one of my latest projects that I work I'm working on now is focused on geoengineering. Geoengineering concepts are huge. It's uh, how we're going to reflect solar energy to cool let's say with like with cloud increasing reflectivity of the clouds so uh, for next 10 years scientists will be experimenting with it that can we even try it on the like kind of real scale but what i'm looking into that's extremely important to look now how is it possibly will affect our nature how is it going to change our environment how it will affect us as people so kind of open up the discussion and in one case for more people kind of bring it to public uh, because a lot of people don't even don't know the term what's uh, geoengineering it so i would say that in one case yes you bring more people uh, at the same time you look from a
0: different angle so it's kind of um it's a different field I have to say that I'm deeply impressed by how broad your interests are, really, ranging from uh, architecture to geoengineering. I must say that, uh, I don't know, I think Leonardo da Vinci would envy you. But how do you see overall a professional artist in the modern world? Do you believe that each artist should have a certain professional training? Or it doesn't matter and one can learn everything by doing?
1: Mm, I think it's everybody, like everybody has a different path. I went to an art school before the university, but I never like actually went to grad school as did my master's in art. Even art was always kind of one of the main focus. So I think like it's really depends. In one case, I feel like it's nice to have a different training. In the other case, it's still like to create a high quality art takes all your time. To be a true artist, it's uh, everyday, um, it's very hard to work. Also, um, it's good, but c- competition very high. So find your unique aesthetics, vision, clear ideas. Um, it's a lot of time, so you need to put pretty much all your time for it. But with me, it's different because like uh, my training is different and I'm quite happy about it. But once in a while I can wake up and say, why not building? I actually know how to. But um, at the same time, then I think like, but I didn't dream about it and i tried it before but i went for something much more like experimental and maybe one day i'll go back and i still like i participate in architecture project for example i collaborate with one startup uh, modular architecture so i think like also we live in the time where you're not so limited anymore it's beautiful that you don't have to define because people constantly ask me like are you an architect or are you not and i think we don't live in a world where you need to define that's why you look for your own media, for your kind of own angle of it.
0: What kind of role does inspiration play in your work process? Is it important or it doesn't matter completely?
1: It's the main thing. It's where ideas come from. And most of the time, I I don't feel it's my idea. I'm just channeling because it just comes kind of from, and I wake up with the idea that, okay, geoengineering is the thing now. And then I start to research uh, like a lot and day by day I read and kind of gain knowledge. And then I'm thinking about which kind of project I'm building and what the aesthetics and what's what's, what's behind it. But uh, at the same time, I don't believe that you are sitting and waiting for your inspiration, for your muse. Uh, I do believe that you're waking up every day and start working and sometimes things that you you do are good sometimes they're not so good like sometimes they're quite good so kind of you just constantly keep developing things and sometimes it makes sense sometimes it's don't but like you're not waiting when it's like for this but it's like aha moment it comes like during the work not with inspiration
0: do you have any special ways to let's say motivate modulate induce your inspiration
1: uh, I think yes I have like my small things for example I in one case I have very strong structure of my like uh, my day I wake up quite early I meditate Uh, it, every day it's quite important for me like I'm really taking care I think being in a good um, house it kind of builds, builds it up good mood good kind of vibe and things are coming but, like right so meditating doing like morning exercises, uh, eating good, healthy. Then it's probably mornings. I really try not to put meetings till 1 p.m. Even I I start working quite early just because it's my time to kind of go around ideas, have my co-think. And that's the main, most of the things are happening. Uh, And then I kind of start developing, discussing, kind of building up things. Yeah, and sometimes late Late in the evenings when it's comma. but I just it's the same. Like I, I like to work in cafe shops. I always have my sketchbook with me, and I think it took me a lot of times that uh, before I was um, working like crazy. That's like I need to work like twenty four seven, and uh, by my nature I don't need to sleep much, and I have a lot of energy, so I can just kill it like a robot. But uh, then I understood that actually, like creative like process doesn't happen this way. So sometimes I load a lot of information, different projects, and um, now I can just uh, kind of let myself go for a walk in the park, and or like even go like grocery, and I just know that my brain is keep working, it keep developing the ideas, and then it will start releasing it in time. So it's kind of also knowing knowing the creative process and trusting myself that I will deliver everything.
0: But I don't need to force it so hard because it kills kind of the beauty. If you today have to give a piece of advice to someone who is just starting her or his career in art and science or trying to build up himself or herself as such an interdisciplinary artist as you are, uh, what would it be? How one could compete in this super highly competitive field? Uh, Nobody except you knows where to go.
1: And you should trust, like, your guts and kind of keep developing. And just uh, hard work uh, always pays. So you just keep keep working and uh, you will have your results. Even if possibly it will take quite a lot of time or maybe not. It's, it's, it really depends. But hard work always pays. I think, uh, like, working day by day and just developing your own vision, clarity. In one case, uh, always be open for, like, critiques and feedback. In the other case, always kind of checking yourself out. What's your what's your path? And I think it's not even like competitive. Like, it is, but like you also collaborate with people, you support each other. I think there are so many amazing opportunities and it's available for everybody. So I think just trying out, constantly trying out, you, you're not getting stuff without asking. I think the amount of applications that uh, I would put in like different grants and stuff. And sometimes I win like very big and sometimes I don't get even like small one. It's just a very different, it's not even sometimes, uh, is your project good or bad? It's all about the process, about learning, about excitement, about le- like living an interesting life.
0: That's, I guess, a very beautiful uh, final remark for our conversation. So thank you very much. It was really a pure inspiration to talk to you. We learned today about completely new fields or many fields actually that intersect together. And I think that all of us really got inspired by your attitude to life, to this idea that one could always find something very interesting to work on and collaboration can become really a fuel for personal and professional development. Thank you very much, Katya.
1: Thank you so much. Uh, It was very nice to join you. And uh, thank you so much for
0: amazing questions. Thank you for being with us. If you are interested to learn more about career transition, please follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find links in the podcast description. There you can find also all books, YouTube channels and any other information which our guests shared with you. If you have not mind some friends with exciting career transformation stories, please let us know. We are always looking for new guests. Don't forget to hit a subscribe button and tell your friends about our podcast if you find it helpful. Stay tuned.